Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. Good evening. I'm Liz Mitchell, and welcome to Bring It On a multiple award-winning radio broadcast in our 18th year as Indiana's only weekly community radio show, committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting the African-American community. And good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and what a way to kick off 2023 than this wonderful interview we're about to take part in with uh, our new president of the Monroe County branch of the NAACP. But the mission of the Monroe County branch of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People is to ensure the political, educational, social, and economic equality of rights of all persons and to eliminate racial hatred and racial discrimination. This branch has numerous committees providing support and aid for those seeking redress or remedies against social and vocational discrimination. Committees include Armed Services and Veterans Affairs, Community Coordination, Education, Housing, Labor, and Industry, Legal Redress, Political Action, Religious Affairs, and Youth Work. As I mentioned earlier, the Monroe County branch of the NAACP recently elected new leadership. Maquiba Reese is now the president of the branch. She is the assistant director of diversity initiatives for the Indiana University Kelly School of Business and is engaged in an abundance of community work. She recently completed a term with the city of Bloomington's commission on the status of women and chaired the city's Black History Month committee. She also serves on the city's board of public safety. Maquiba's first name was created by her mother, a combination of names of her four aunts, and I'm quoting Bequiba. I feel like I embody all of them, she says. I absolutely love my name. I feel like I live it every day. In a 2021 interview with Bloom Magazine, Bequiba reflects that being a Black woman in America is just hard. Being Black in America is hard. I don't understand why it's so difficult because I just want to live. There are deep-rooted, complex, structural, systematic racism that still affects and plagues us today. I think about my mom and the fact that she had 13 beautiful Black children and brought them into this world. She advocated for us every day. And I can only imagine what that felt like. When I'm advocating, even if it's just for myself, sometimes I'm exhausted. And amen to that. I know exactly how you feel. When the pandemic hit in March of 2020, she started a Facebook group called Humanity for, for the Win. And I will mention some of her uh, accomplishments, although we will dwell primarily on the NAACP tonight. But she started a Facebook, Facebook group called Humanity for the Win, which is a growing international space to highlight how humanity succeeds against all odds, according to its published description. Group members post stories about how humans are peacefully helping humans financially, spiritually, mentally, and physically. She also is the founder of the Tribe Consulting LLC, and it's part of her passion to build interconnectedness amongst communities. 
Joining us to share her vision and passion for the Monroe County branch of the NAACP is President Maquiba Reeson. This is where we play Hail to the Chief, uh, although I couldn't get <laughs> the soundtrack in time. I will hum it. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, enough of that. Maquiba, welcome. Welcome to Bring It On. Oh my welcome gosh. to Bring It On. Oh my gosh, thank y'all so much. That was such a warm welcome. Joyous well, Kwanzaa, everyone. <laughs> well, same to you. Now, uh, one thing, your, 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 your quote resonated mm -hmm. with me. And you basically said, I, I, first you said you, you feel like you embody all of your four aunts. And, and, yeah. that, and that's a blessing right there. You absolutely love your name. But then you <laughs> went on to reflect that being a Black woman in America is just hard. Mm -hmm. being black in America is hard yeah and you don't understand why it's so difficult you just want to live can you can mm -hmm. you expound on that and and we all for those that are listening many are probably nodding their heads but uh -huh. of course for you what that means for you yeah sure so I just wanted to allude that I did get an uh, I did get a promotion I didn't get a chance to tell you this clearance so I'm an I'm an associate director now over in Kelly. Excellent. Excellent. And hey. with that position, right? Thank you. I didn't so I wanted to share basically I didn't grow up wanting to be a diversity like I didn't want I didn't grow up wanting to be in the diversity initiative office because to me it's like well why was it created? Of course we know why it was created because there was multiple gaps. So I think that that goes to my answering my question is like why do we have to create an office to make sure that we infuse um, diversity, equity, inclusion into an organization is because it was missing. And so if it, was, if it was created already initially and it was already infused in the infrastructure of any organization, I wouldn't have to be in this position in order to maintain and to make sure that there was equity amongst all of us with students, staff, faculty. And so the exhaustion part is that you have to fight not only to um, and that's the interconnect, that's the intersectionality that Kimberly Crenshaw was talking about. It's like you, you're black and then you also happen to be a woman. And so I think that for me, the exhaustion is it's like you never know which area people are trying to associate you with. Is it my blackness that you're associating me with? Or is it my the fact that I'm a woman? Or is it both? And so that's the exhaustion part. It's like I just want to let live in this world where I can just be, where I can be free, where I can um, live out the um, live out my purpose, right? And so that's what that's what that quote came from. One one quick follow up: not only being a woman, but being mm -hmm. an outspoken, positive thinking, progressive minded woman. Yes, uh, it, it unsettles it unsettles a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And the type of job you're in is is. It's all of our desires that one day we will need these type of uh, engagement positions because we would have solved the issue. Yeah, but yeah, we and know that's not going to happen anytime soon. Exactly. <laughs> that and another problem is if you're passionate about uh, this is what I found out in my personal experience. If you're passionate about something and you you kind of get on your soapbox about it, they think, okay here's another angry black woman yeah. Here, you know they take your passion as being too aggressive mm -hmm. um and and i just think and i feel what you're saying that it's exhausting and mm -hmm. it's exhausting uh and that's why we did a show about black men because people hadn't paid attention to that yeah. and i don't think they pay attention to exactly what it's like to be a black person in america some days it is exhausting. You just want to 
sometimes just go to a place like the hole that we used to have here, but let your hair down and be yourself. And I, I find it difficult not to have a place like that, to be yourself where you, you're not struggling. You don't have to answer questions about why are you like that? You're with people who understand why <laughs> you are you. And just to kind of piggyback off of that, I honestly, you know, it's that it's a, I always spin things into making it kind of like positive or make it fit my narrative and not other people's narrative. If people question me why I'm angry or why you are an angry black woman, I say, absolutely. I am an angry black woman and I'm rightfully so because there's a lot to be angry about. There's a lot to make sure that we um, uh, build, build uh, sustainable solutions, perhaps to solve those um those issues that we're ang we're angry with rightfully so and so i think that people when we do when we when we label individuals is because we don't know ourselves and so if someone's labeling me I'm, i i kind of like oh you're, I, I feel bad for you because you don't know who you are and you're labeling me because i have a passion project I'm like you do you have a passion do you want to be included do you want to feel like you're a part of something then that that should also be a part of your um your own personal advocacy and I think that uh, some of our young activists get this stigma of them not really knowing how to channel um, some of their frustrations. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that I made this impact while I'm in, Blooming in Bloomington um, in this position is like, I want to make sure that I'm part of the young, um, young activists' minds, because I, I know that I'm still young too, right? I'm 31 at this moment. And so Liz, I still you know, I want to make sure Liz, that I get, You got to hit it when they do this. I I, we bring sure. our guests on and they remind us. That's how seasoned we are. <laughs> I, want, I want to make sure I give back and help them and help them see where they are on the uh, social ecosystem of change. I mean, there's different ways that you can advocate and strengthen that advocacy. And it's not always pretty and nice and, and coddly and all this stuff like that. So I think that um, it's really important for us to understand that anger is a very valid emotion. It's how you choose to channel that anger is what will set you apart and what your legacy will be, right? Right. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I like to start off with some of our questions. Okay. You know, like I said, my queen, but this hour goes by fast. Yes. I'm gonna I'm stop talking. I'm, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. <laughs> no, I, I love everything you said. I just need to get with you outside of this too, because okay. I, I love you and, and all the young uh -huh. people that I have met recently that are 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 stepping up to the plate. I just love it. But as far as the NAACP goes, yeah. what are your personal goals? What do you think that this chapter needs? Yeah, I want to keep this short and sweet. My goals are to hear from the community and to build a sustainable presence within the organization. Very simple. I want to hear, I want to connect, and I want to build sustainable uh, policies to support the uh, longevity of uh, the visibility of the NAACP. Okay. Do you, if I can pick back on Liz's question, um, there, there was a time and still currently when uh, issues sort of happen. Sure. Locally, nationally, what have you. And we've, over the last five, six years, we've had issues that have happened. Sure. Um, there's a response from all types of organizations uh, and the NAACP nationally and locally sure. has been that arm or that voice to respond or not only just saying something, but also taking action either through peaceful protest or Mm -hmm. rallying together to impact change in some way using the system to impact change do you see that as a continued um aim of this of this branch of the Monroe County branch 
I do. I, I see it as an opportunity to not only go looking for ways to, oh, let me go look and find it. I, I think it's all about building visibility and doing it in a way that will, um, that's to me, solution-oriented. There are some individuals that are different on the in the membership in the eboard, which is important to me because my vision is not the only vision, right? I'm not. Um, that's that's not leadership to me. Uh, I think that's dictatorship. And so, because the eboard, we have such a variety of individuals, whether it's inter- intergenerational, whether it's um, people of different economic status, different beliefs, um, black people, white people, because that's what our founders were on. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about our founders later on, but. The goal is for me as the person, the spokesperson, is to definitely connect with the community and to build that sustainable presence so that we can have a space where we're able to uh, create, support legislation that we believe in, to support eliminating racial discrimination. So that's the goal of what my my personal vision is, but the goal is to definitely make sure that we have uh, members and e-board members that perhaps have a slight difference, but we can come together and be solution oriented. So if it means, if that means that we um, do demonstrations or if we collaborate with the local chat, the national chapter, then that's what, you know, that's what happens. I'm not gonna go out and look for, um, just uh, going out, out and search, but it's definitely being strategic and having a strategy, I think is the most important thing. Very good, very good. How do you plan to recruit new members and to retain them and to retain members? Yeah, so you all might hear me say some of the same things. Connection, partnership, um, it's all about relationship building. So definitely um, building within the organization is really important. And then it's also the capacity to delegate. So if you can delegate well, that helps to bring in new members because Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I see that I can be a part of this too because I have a passion to make sure that it's focused on um, educational political education focus with, uh, with a political focus, nonpartisan, and eliminate racial uh, discrimination. So recruitment for me, it, it works through relationships building and, and focusing on the people that you currently have and building off of what was already there and to look at some things that need to be some deficit, some deficits and uh, re-strategizing. So I think that retention is all about relationship building for sure. So that's something so does, that I plan to focus on. Does that all include just how inverse diverse is our NAACP chapter? Does it include the LBGQ, Latino, oh, yeah. Asian? Uh, I'm, I know that it includes the Jewish community. Yes. And, and so that can kind of lead uh, in on you talking about the founding of the NAACP, because I know the Jewish community were in at the beginning. Yeah, so you're alluding to Henry, I can never pronounce his last name, but his, his name is Henry M. That's what I'm gonna call him. And he's the one who issued out a call for meeting with the racial about racial justice with about 60 other people, um, including Ida B. Wells, yes. um, including Mary Church, including W.E.B. Du Bois in 1909 before, because in 1908 is when the racial uh, uh, um, uh, incidences happened in Springfield. And so that is where a lot of um, the decision to come together in a, in a unifying way to amplify blackness um, and create a space for victims. Um, and so the goal is to um, basically create space for people to come in. And creating space means including people that have identities 
such as the LGBTQ plus community, such as the trans community. I know it's part of the LGBT plus community, such as the Latin community, such as, such as, such as. But the main focus is that we focus on um, censuring Blackness and not being anti-Black, right? Because some organizations will speak for you and not listen to the, the main uh, focus of the organization. And so I definitely want to make sure that I'm sensitive to the fact that we center um, what it was originally intended, intended for, which is to create this uh, environment for Black people, people of color to have a strong voice in partnership with various communities that are not um, with various communities that are not black or people of color. Okay. All right. If you've just uh, joined us, uh, we're having a wonderful conversation with the Monroe County branch of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People or NAACP, uh, the new president, Maquiba Reese. Uh, she is joining us this evening as we launch into 2023. Uh, and what a wonderful way to do so, uh, hearing <laughs> from her as far as her vision going forward through this year. And she's been talking about, of course, uh, the history of the national NAACP. Um, and I also want to ask about mm -hmm. the local history, if, if you're versed on the local history. And then how do, we, how do we preserve all of this history? Because what we forget sometimes is lost forever. But how can we preserve this? Yeah, I think preserving the local history is going to be really important because, so I've been here for 12 years and I got involved in, in so cool. I think it was, I got involved February 2017, maybe. And that's when I became a member first, right? And then I was just like learning about it. And I didn't, I wasn't able to fully get all of the history of the local chapter. And that's something that I want to lean on people like Liz Mitchell, who is a member, so we can make sure that we have a historical component to the NAACP because I didn't see that. So I'm from Fort Wayne and I know the local history here because this is where I was born and raised. And my mom and dad were huge advocates, right? They were involved in the NAACP, Urban League, all the things. But it, unfortunately at this moment, I wasn't, I wasn't privy to it. But what I love about Bloomington is that history is within the people that are in Bloomington. And so what I love to do, and I'm sure other organizations are doing too, is to at least get some, um, not, some knowledge from current people right now. <laughs> who know the history so that we can compile it and so we can preserve it and pass it on. Like that's one of my passion projects within the uh, serving uh, as a pre uh, president is to have and sustain our history. So we understand what we're, what we're um, fighting for. Cause if we don't understand what we're fighting for, then we're lost. Right. So it's, it's important for us to have a purpose associated with it so we can leave a legacy. And so that's one of my, um, that's one of the sustainable things that I have that my, one of my thoughts is like, how can we preserve the history? So that's a good question, Clarence. And so, the only history that I know at the moment is that I am the first a woman uh, yes. president. <laughs> so that's what I know. Um, it's only, I'm eager to learn from our um, previous pre presidents and their work that they've done, what they can do, you know, and so I'm, I'm eager to keep that going. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the, what I know, and I, and I should have looked it up before, uh, before now, I had done a presentation about the history of the NAACP a year ago. Okay, and, and so I do know when, when I can't remember what year it started, Maquiba, but it, it kind of fizzled out and then it mm -hmm. regrouped again, uh, I think back in the 60s. And so uh, the long term president was Clarence Gilliam. Mm. And he worked out of Crane. He was uh, uh, a scientist. Mm -hmm. He was what 
uh, well, he was he had a scientific background, but right. he was also an engineer. He was yeah, yeah, and he developed the glow in the dark stuff. Yeah, I didn't know that the glow rod uh, that you break. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, and (laughs) so companies waited till uh, the patent release. I don't know how all that works. I think he got five hundred dollars, and then of course people made plenty of money on that glow in the dark stuff. But I saw a picture of him when he developed. It was glowing in a petri dish, and so that was Clarence Gilliam and his wife. Uh, Frances, I believe that's her name. She wrote a book about the history of Bloomington, which was very helpful to me. And that got me on the roll mm. to really get into the history of Bloomington. She did. Um, she took a lot of heat for it. And yeah. I was saying, let's do a follow up book. She goes, I will not touch that again. So mm-hmm. uh, it, the NAACP, I know, has been very important and significant to this community, especially when uh, Denver Smith. Yes, that case. Yep. Yeah. When that case came up and and that showed just how much this community needed the NAACP because had not been for them, things wouldn't have changed like they did. And of course, with Reverend Butler uh, helping out, too. And so that's pretty much but I can give you details on that because I like I said, it's been a year ago. Sure. I have all that information. And I think it's good to to know that. And I Absolutely. think the community needs to know that because it's so easy to forget about us. And that's yeah, what yeah, I'm right, passionate right. about is, is to remind people we've been here since 1818. We're go. not going anywhere. That part. Mm-hmm. And so recognize us and honor us for the contributions that we made to this community. And the NAACP was definitely significant and important wow. to the changes here. You, know, Absolutely. You, you talk about Clarence and Francis Gilliam. They, they were the perfect couple yes sort of guide the NAACP uh Clarence um was at times uh rather regimented and methodical in his approach to things but you can mm-hmm. understand now uh why that was important for that time sure because as uh, Liz said the organization took a little hiatus for whatever reasons um sometimes when a person maybe leaves the scene <laughs> they take all the wind out of an organization. Yeah. But Clarence and Francis were the dynamic duo. Let me, let me give you an example. Whenever I saw Mrs. Gilliam uh, at a meeting or on the street, in the mall, wherever, she had a way of coming up to you and, and just tapping you and saying, sir, have you, have you renewed your membership <laughs> in the NAACP? And, and I knew where it was going. I would say, uh, Mrs. Gilliam, you know, I, I have that on my to-do list. But that was not good enough for Mrs. Gilliam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like she had uh, the membership forms in her purse or something, you know, every time you saw her. So she would hem you up, basically. And she knew how to disarm you mm-hmm. and get you to join. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I'm so glad I did. I mean, I, 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 she corralled me a number of times and, and I'm glad for it. Um, yeah. But that, those two, uh, along a, a host of those who've led the organization, we could learn a lot from those two. Sure. Um, and and it all is, I just mentioned membership, but how do you propose in 2023 to bolster the membership and, and make it representative um, of not only the city of Bloomington, but of the black community, you know, a strong, uh, significant number of people from the black community with the NAACP? Well, again, I don't want to take away from the current members, right? We have right. current strong members that are participating Mm-hmm. in the organization currently. And so I don't have the exact number in front of me. I'm sorry about that. But 
we do have a strong leadership, we, uh, a strong amount of individuals that are part of NAACP. We have a strong e-board, shout out to them. And then also our um, lifetime members are, it's, it's pretty significant. And so I think that in order to retain and, and uh, recruit members to the NAACP, I love what you're sharing about the fact that we can get people there. But I think the issues, because one of the, I think one of the questions is what are the challenges? One of the challenges is getting people to do, be active. And so I think that the activation is the part where I can, where that, that's part of the vision is to get people active mm -hmm. and to not only respond. I'm, I don't really like reactive um, type of responses. I'm, I'm a proactive person. Like how can you be as proactive as possible to support issues before they arise? Because you can really pay attention. If you pay attention to the climate of America, you can kind of get a, a feel of what is about to take place. And so I think that it's really important for us to be proactive. And so as it relates to membership, yes, I think it's, for me, I'm a, I'm a connector at heart. I'm, it, it's just, it's, it's pretty cool that I have that personality. I think it's because of all my um, siblings, family, stuff like that. Like I love to connect. And so I can definitely support what bring people in and, uh, and our membership person who is Beverly, um, she's one of our people at large. So we can get people in. The goal is to get them engaged and to stay so that we can be proactive together and, and, and create that change together. So I think that my main focus is more so about proactive engagement. How okay, how can someone join, actively join? Yes. Yeah. That and, and then <laughs> I want to uh, get up on my membership fees and I still having trouble doing that. So yeah, because I already I got a vision. <laughs> I got a vision, but I want to hear what you got too. But I definitely got a vision for, I mean, it can be for both of you if you want, but um, so the way you get involved is go ahead, whoever is listening, write down this website. I'm gonna take my time because I go pretty fast. So get you a pen, paper, and write down this website. It's https semicolon backslash backslash sites s i t e s dot google g o o g l e dot com backslash site s i t e backslash m c b n a a c p backslash go ahead and check out our website um shout out to ruth she's the one who uh put our website together her and her um team and her work that she's been doing she put our work website together to keep it activated up to date you'll see mi minutes you'll be able to uh, eventually uh, renew your memberships there. Uh, thanks to Deborah and uh, her team for getting us a PayPal account so it can be a little bit more easier for people to renew their membership. So we have a lot of things coming. Our first um, general body meeting will take place on Tuesday, January 3rd at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. And I can send that Zoom link uh if we if we can if we can use that but yes so we have our first NAACP meeting January 3rd 6 30 p.m via zoom and that will be uh upon this airing it will be tomorrow nope January. that's our e-board meeting our e-board meeting is tomorrow but our general body meeting is January 3rd that's and right what time? We, what 6 30 6 30 now now we plan to air this recording on the 2nd of January Oh, perfect. That's so good. That, so that will be uh, uh, tomorrow. But again, just, just so we're clear, and we'll, and we'll, we'll announce this at the end. Uh, I, and I will see if www.sites may work. It might, but sites.google.com backslash 
S-I-T-E site backslash M-C-B N-A-A-C-P backslash. And, and while we're going through this interview, I will, I will test that and try it out. And this is a, a virtual uh, meeting. So to get the virtual link, you go to your website. And... Oh, that, that's a great question. Thank you for that. You can go to our email account. Okay. Um, and yeah, and our, okay, everyone get their pencils ready. You can email us at mcbnaacp at gmail.com. And we will have this along with uh, this recording on our website um, so that you can go to our the Bring It On website. And when you see this interview, you'll see the links uh, embedded in the description of this uh, particular interview. But thank you. Thank you, McCleba, for that. Um, Liz, uh, if I may, I'd like to ask a question. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, some say that, well, the NAACP was great for its time. Mm. And that time has come and gone. We're now in 2023. Is the NAACP still relevant today? And to that, you respond how? Uh, yes. I don't even really feel like I need to expound upon it, but I would say <laughs> yes. And I think, I think that some of the people might suggests that the NAACP isn't as relevant because we need to, there's decisions to be more active, right? So it's like more active. There are some organizations throughout the country that are a little bit more dormant and I don't, I don't know what's going on in their communities, right? And so I think that um, the, the national chapter is definitely active um, as it relates to a lot of ver a ver variety of things as it really relates to legislation. And I think that a, a lot of individuals have this misconception of what the NAACP is all about. And my goal is to definitely make sure that we continue to connect with that, right? So I just don't, I would hate to repeat patterns when we don't have to, like if we have the answer, we can look back to our history and make sure that we don't repeat certain patterns. And so the NAACP is important to me because it's, it's important to be educated about the political environment the climate of America, environment, the environment crisis that's going on, and then also race-based uh, uh, elimination. So, um, yes, the NAACP is definitely very relevant and very alive and thriving. We're the baddest and the boldest for a reason. And so, uh, yes, <laughs> shout out to Jim Sims for that. Uh, yes. About that, baddest and the boldest. And so, yes, absolutely, it's very re relevant today. So, um, yeah, that's full stop that's all I got yes <laughs> one question I have and and I've, I've thought of this because uh, I don't know if you knew McQueva but I helped to restore a church in West Baden okay uh, built in the early 1900s and the marquee has to remain the same now we're talking about history here sure but I got a lot of pushback from people there saying they want to change the name because they don't like the word colored Oh, First Baptist Colored Church of West Baden. It's been that way since 1909. It is what it is. Do mm -hmm. you know if anybody wants to drop the colored out of the National Advancement for Colored People? Uh, you know, well, the name of the NAACP. Yeah. So with the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People is something that the local chapters, we can't even... Ha we don't have that authority 
that definitely would be something from the national organization. I personally haven't heard of anything about that um, at the moment. And I know that there are younger, like our IU NAACP chapter is absolutely impeccable. I am blown away. I'm enamored by their leadership and how um, how they are really pressing for civil rights in at IU with the leadership of uh, Dr. Gloria Howe as their um, advisor and strengthening the relationship with the IU chapter and the NAACP chapter, Monroe County chapter. I, I'm really, I get goosebumps thinking about the collaborations that we can do, the educational components we can do. Um, and I haven't even heard any of the students complain about um, the word colored in the NAACP. And so I personally have not heard of that at all. Um, I can definitely look into it, but I haven't heard of any anything like that. And also knowing and leaning into the youth as well, I've ha I haven't heard any of that. I'm but I do believe I'm that I'm not that for is, changing it. And I do believe that that is, that could be a, a, a something. I just I, it, this is brand new to me, so I'm just yeah. like, yeah, they better not change it. That's some history, right? Yeah, now. yeah. And so I'm not for changing it at okay. all. Gotcha. But since it was brought up about the church, I got to thinking about. Huh, I wonder if anybody once that changed and of course it wasn't any people of color that wanted to change got you yeah and so uh it's not offensive to me it's it's history and it's our shared history and sure. it is what it is and i don't believe in going around changing things just to make a, a small group of people feel good yeah but, and it's very and it's it, i think it's i think it's sensitive to what it the the, the his, historical component because there are some history things that do need to change right and I know and I'm sure you can allude to that too but I think that this one is different because it's the like what you were saying the group of people that it serves this is it, it hasn't been an issue so if it's the group of people that it serves and it's not an issue then I don't think we should mess with it but yeah. some history stuff do need to change <laughs> <laughs> if, if I'm a um, if I'm a white American sure and I'm having problems. I'm running into issues. I'm, I feel like I'm getting the short end of the stick at, at the job, or if I'm running across issues, problems, can I come to the NAACP? I would say get involved, see how you can get involved, see how you can get engaged. And my goal, my thought process is never to just come when there's an issue, come before the issue happens. So join oh. us, but, join but, us. And, and that's a wonderful, wonderful response. But yeah. as I'm looking for agencies to help me out of my current dilemma, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I can I look to the NAACP if not for immediate assistance, definite res referral or advocacy or what, what, what can I do? We ain't never turned people away before. We ain't going to do that. So I think come, you know, come. But again, proactively, be proactive. With right. it. Don't just come when an issue happens. But yes, come and see what we can do. But don't expect us to be your savior. Right. But we can definitely support. Right. And see about resources, just like we can get resources to people of color and black people and brown people, people mm -hmm. in the LGBTQ plus community. I think that we're not a, we're not a system to save people or a system to create change. Right? right. So I think that that's really what it's all about. It's not just the interpersonal. It's not just the which is important. We need to hear those issues that are interpersonal. Mm -hmm. But we it's the system that is really important to us in the legislation that we want to change. And one of the but realities. Yeah, huh. One of the realities we have in this world is that there are many, many, many interracial couples. Sure. Right. And um, and even by virtue of the fact that they're interracial, I think of the loving case and the things yeah. that they're confronting head on. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I see a beautiful fit for the NAACP and other organizations of this, of this mission of this ilk to come to their assistance in being um, treated with dignity and respect. Um, if you've just tuned in, and I'll, I'll take the moment just to, to sort of reintroduce our special guest tonight, we are having a wonderful conversation with <laughs> the newly elected president of the Monroe County branch of the NAACP, Miss McQueba Reese, who hails from Fort Wayne, Indiana, yeah. but also <laughs> uh, is a longtime resident of Bloomington, Indiana, and she is sharing her passion, vision, and um, uh, just emphasizing the, the reasons why people should be active with the NAACP. Sure. Liz, Liz if I can, I, I have one uh, question that I ran across actually online. Look, Clarence, before you go to that question, if you don't mind. Uh -huh. So the Loving versus Virginia case in the, uh, in the equality, in Marriage Equality Act just passed in the Senate, right? And so I right. think that it's really important to understand that the Loving versus Virginia and the Marriage Equality Act all stemmed from the Civil Rights Act of 1963, I think, is that the date? Mm -hmm. I'm probably got my dates wrong, but it all stemmed from that. And so I think that uh, basically what I'm saying is that if, if history is saying, yes, we wanna make sure we create space for people, specifically white people like you alluded to, then we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it now. But I just wanna make sure that we clearly articulate that we're centering, we're not, we're not centering one group of people over the group that is supposed to center, right? right? So as long as you are collectively wanting to be a part of change uh, against anti-blackness, then yeah, join us. Yeah, right. for sure. And my question is, a child who sees a picture of President Barack Obama on magazine covers doesn't understand all that went into getting him there. Mm. Decades of hard work, suffering and sacrifice, including lives lost. And the person who posed this particular statement or, or followed up by saying, the only way to bring such understanding is through educating young people. And I, I see that there is a committee on youth in the Monroe County uh, branch of the NAACP. How are you reaching out to youth in our city? Because we have a whole myriad of issues from mm -hmm. young black men running into issues, uh, mm -hmm. profiling opportunities just to get young people jobs. Sure. Uh, how is the NAACP reaching out to this segment of our community? That's a really good question. And I wanna say whoever has the answer to it, join us so we can figure it out <laughs> together. <laughs> okay. Um, but I, I do believe we are adamantly involved in engagement with the MCCSC in the anti-racism um, handbook with the uh, students who actually spoke up, all the Black women, Black young girls who actually spoke up and were supporting this. Again, we're supporting this policy change in MCCSC. And so there's a lot of issues that we need to face. Let's face it, right? So I think in order to actually um, create the change and to create whatever issues we have, we have to know what's going on. I can't assume what's going on because you know what assuming means, right? right so I right. don't want to assume anything. So in order for us to know what's going on, we have to, there has to be some type of communication, some type of policy, some type of structure so that we can get, so we know what's going on in the community. And so what I would encourage whoever's listening and you see something, um, consider joining us uh, and let us know what's going on so we can help strategize. And again, we're not coming in to save things, right? We're not a savior system. We want to create sustainable policies within our realm 
and perhaps we could partner. So I think that if something like this happened, we do have a youth, uh, a youth uh, focus, and that's something that we're planning on strengthening. And so if you want to join our youth focus with the NAACP, join us, email us, let me know uh, some issues that, that you see that's going on, and we can uh, discuss adding it. That's the thing about the NAACP. It's not a one woman show. <laughs> it's definitely a collective. And so that's something that I want to make sure that I am, uh, uh, that I make sure that I do within my presidency is that it's a collective and it's not just a one woman show. So if you see issues, you see something, join us, let us know. That's what I would say about the um, issues that we're facing in the community. Now, I know we have a chapter at IU and they're great, just like you said, they're <laughs> impeccable. Is there a chapter with the high school? at the high school level? Not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Liz and I had the opportunity of speaking to those young ladies Good. on the forefront of getting a policy change at MCCFC. And uh, we were just taken aback during the first interview to hear from them some of the things they experienced and oh, yeah. friends experienced. Sure. So then we were so encouraged as they eloquently uh, spoke about uh, uh, their determination to see this through to the end. And uh, and to Liz's point, boy, it'd be great. I know that there are organizations that kind of reach out at the MCCSC level, but to have a, a youth-led component, and of course, I don't know what nationals would have to say about that or whatever, but maybe a, mm. a subcommittee um, sure. to sort of support and show them how to work through a system that's an existing system to get the change you deem is necessary. And, um, there are ways to work a system sure. to get the desired mm -hmm. change. Uh, to the point of education, related to educational issues, mm -hmm. one, su one suggestion is encouraging parents to be more involved in schools. And how might this be achieved with the help of the NAACP? You mentioned uh, the, the camaraderie you have with MCC mm -hmm. for the... For the um, and say the camaraderie yeah that was either take that word back the, okay. <laughs> the, yeah, the <laughs> i don't know about that you, one you have a a relationship of sorts with them <laughs> we have, that, that's the thing about a small town Every, pretty much everyone knows everyone so it's like okay so how can we how can we create this change without um how can we create this change in a way that is uh solution focused right so we all can be angry we all can be ticked off and all that stuff like that but at the end of the day, how can we get to a solution? I think that's kind of what my focus is. Um, and so I would say, yeah, we 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 haven't, our goal is not to go to an agency and support just the agency. It's the goal is to support the policy that can be um, left behind so that people can constantly feel like they're welcome, right? That's, this, that's what belonging means, right? Belonging means creating policies and systems or whatnot. So that's the focus is to create this, the, the belonging. So we have a working group, a subgroup that is focused specifically on MCCSE in partnership with the students, uh, the young um, young women and their parents, right? And so their parents are advocating with them. And some of their parents are also part of the NAACP. I won't disclose their names unless they want to disclose them themselves, but they are part of the NAACP and memberships. And so those parents are involved. And that's what I think is a is a beautiful thing is that these parents are involved. They reached out to us. They did everything that they needed to do. And so now it's on the agencies to create this change uh, because this is what they're asking for. Of course, we all know that the issue is, is that um, it takes time. And I don't like that either, but things do take time. And so I think 
the way that people can get involved is uh, we have a subcommittee that focuses specifically on that led by um, a couple, several passion leaders uh, within the NAACP and I'm sure other organizations too, but I don't know about the NAACP. So they are definitely working on this, um, this situation at the moment. That, that's wonderful. Because yeah, after hearing what those girls had to say, I, I tell you yeah. what, I had to calm my nerves down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you what change? are some of the NAACP sponsored events local? Yeah, so I will, um, so at the moment we don't have anything right now. We're getting ready to support all of the MLK and the Black History Month events at the moment. So we will have a calendar and that calendar will be connected on our on our website. So I would encourage everyone to check out our website um, refresh it, save it, star it if you like, so you can get the updates of all of our events that's taking place. Um, we will have those all posted on our website. But at the moment, we're supporting our sister organizations, brother organizations, I guess. So supporting Black History Month, supporting um, MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Today On, Not a Day Off. So those are the things that we're focusing on at the moment. Okay. Does has and I don't recall, maybe they have, uh, help me out, Clarence, has the NAACP here locally ever had a townhouse meeting where the public could come? Like maybe it was held at the uh, chambers in the city council room. I don't know. I, I a, don't recall one, but I, I think that probably would be a good idea. When, when we had um, in the past issues, you mentioned the, the Denver Smith. That's, um, uh, yeah. Killing. Mm -hmm. place uh, when I was a student here at IU and um, everything that unfolded around that mm -hmm. uh, from the bulwark of um, um, form before she became a magistrate for children it was attorney uh, Viola Talaferro mm -hmm. who worked with Sonequa Smith to bring file to file a suit to investigations that were done internally uh, with the police chief and others um, former uh, President Clarence Gilliam, Reverend Butler. And uh, there were town halls that mm -hmm. usually it tends to be when the human nature is that when there's an issue or an event, then we coalesce, then we come together. But I like your approach saying that we need to be proactive and stay in front of those things. That's why yes. when you begin to say, post the, uh, the meeting dates in the first one again, uh, this public service announcements, Tuesday, mm -hmm. January the 3rd, which is tomorrow, uh, this will be virtual. And when you say e-board, this is the online board. I mean, do you do you meet in person at all throughout the year or or what's your structure? Yes, our e-board is our executive board. Ah, okay, thank you. And that we meet, um, we have our own meeting to prepare for our uh, general body meeting. So we have, you know, continue that structure. Um, so that's what I mean by e-board. Uh, it's our executive board. And then it's all via Zoom. At this moment, subcommittees are subject to meeting in person, but then they come back on Zoom. It just helps out with our um, it helps out with our agency of our uh, members at uh, members, you know, helping them to get uh, have access to seeing us and meeting us. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's, it's still all on Zoom. Okay, and uh, just general question: as you look forward, two thousand twenty-three, yay, raw, <laughs> <It's> a few <laughs> days old. Um, you look throughout the balance of this year, I mean, 12 more months plus looking forward, what are the challenges you see? Um, I think some, like I said before, some of the challenges I see are the, what does it mean to be active? 
what does it mean to go out looking for stuff? What does it mean to be involved? What does it mean to be proactive? How do you be proactive? What do you do? Mm-hmm. So those are some things that I uh, can envision are some challenges. Um, I want to say thank you to the former leadership of the NAACP uh, in their presidencies, uh, such as under the presidency that I was under is um, Reverend um, Vance. And so I want to say thank you to his service because he did a really good job. And I don't know if a lot of people know it, but he did a really got, good job with staying connected with the state mm-hmm. um, and the state, all of the state um, issues. And that's something that I'm still learning and how to navigate that. Right. And so I would say some of the challenges are Bloomington is a different, it's different from Chicago, it's different from New York, it's different from all these metropolitan areas. And I think that we, what, what does it mean for us locally to be involved and stay engaged? And I think that that has a lot to do with education because we are very education prone because of the schools and stuff like that. So I think that some of the challenges might allude to, well, this other community is doing this, why aren't we doing it? I'm just like, that's not, right, that's not right. us. Right. And so I think understanding what our needs are is really going to be important in assessing those needs and doing it in a way that is, again, I'm going to keep saying this word, sustainable, um, because I, I want to make sure that we keep that legacy going and breathing that um, structure is really important to me. Mm-hmm. And also having this moment of you never know what could happen, right? So it's just like being as proactive as possible. So I think that, like I said before, the challenges are what are the needs? How do you, what is the needs assessment for Bloomington specifically? And that can be abundance of things. And what do you choose first, right? So how do you place them? So those are some of the challenges is what are the needs? How do you place them and not comparing us to larger metropolitan areas, but understanding our own community really, and not like this illusion of our community, but truly our community. Right, right. How well connected are, uh, are you with uh, not you, but the uh, the chapter with uh, the Chamber of Commerce? Sure. Uh, the police department, the fire department. One of the things uh, I've always been concerned with: why has the fire department ever had a black female, a mm. woman of color? Never. And I've <laughs> asked this question since Mark Cruzan was mayor. Sure. So, and I'm still asking this question. Sure. I think it has a lot to do with uh, recruitment and where we are, but I think I think those are some good some good questions to consider and to think through and process through. Um, I'm not really sure at the moment of what and how to navigate that, but I do think that that's something that we can definitely um, connect and figure out. And so I, the connection between all these different agencies, um, some of the some some member some of the people are members, and some people might have an issue with that that some of the fire department or police officers are members of the NAACP and they want to, you know what I mean? But it's like, again, it's like making sure that we, the goal is always centering who the organization is supposed to be centered for. It's not to, um, it's not to take away the power of people of color. Um, it's to give us power, it's to, mm-hmm. it's to help support and give that power and that, equ- that sense of equity and belonging. And so I, we have, there's, that's why we have an executive board to examine what are our current issues and how can we assess those and move those around. And so I think that that's what we'll do as an e-board, executive board, and that's what we do as a member. And so people that want to get involved, um, you're welcome to get involved. We're not going to, sh- we're not going to turn you away, but we will make sure that we turn you to the way of what we're focused on. It ain't, for, yeah. it ain't just for oh, let me just go and they fix up. No, that's not it. That's not yeah. it. So I think it's, it's being, uh, con- being conscious, 
consciously aware of what the organization stands for and not for what you only what you hope it to to be for for yourself yeah. but it's a collective it's definitely a collective and so the collective is focused on people of color black people brown people and our intersections and advancing and eliminating racial discrimination so if you're not for eliminating race-based discrimination I don't know why. I mean, you might have a hard time, but we're not going to turn you away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to see a newsletter. And for those of us who do internet and have computers, fine, but there are people in our community that don't. So sure. maybe you'd have a paper letter that would go out uh, for those who request it. And then, of course, uh, a monthly or bi-monthly I wouldn't want to make it too hard on anybody, uh, quarterly even, some sure. kind of a newsletter. Sure. What's going on. And I, I, I think that would help with the communication. Sure. And I think that our communication team is going to say, you, she gonna, you got to do the work. <laughs> I think that that's <laughs> yeah. definitely an amazing, awesome opportunity. But it's like, I don't, I, I'd hate for only our executive board to do the uh the work so it's just like so it def we definitely have a space for someone who wants to create a newsletter um and to offload that on our off of our communications person and before we wrap up i would love to say that as my presidency it's not to please people all the time right i'm not always going to please people i'm not always going to do it right i'm not always going to do it correct i am human right and so i want to make sure that i'm not this it's not this um McQueeva's coming in to fix it. No, I'm coming in to do my part. <laughs> and yeah. fixing it means working together. And fixing it means uh, doing our best to uh, focus on what our what the NAACP is, which is to to educate politically. Um, we're nonpartisan and to eliminate racial discrimination as it relates to legislation and policies. And so I can't do that by myself. I need rest just as much as anyone else. And so my goal is not to come in and to dominate. My, my goal is to come in and to be a catalyst for change in our community in partnership with individuals who are eager and want to do the work uh, in collaboration. That was, that was very tactical of McQueeva. <laughs> I loved because it. Because one, she started off by assuming that this was only a 60-minute show, right? <laughs> and, and, and we could be going for 90 minutes, but but she was right. We only have a few more minutes left. And so I just, actually we have three minutes left. So there are two things I want to ask. Do you know <laughs> the date for the Freedom Fund Banquet? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. I don't know it right now, but it will be on our website. Okay, and, and when you find, let us know and we'll announce it. And then the okay, second perfect. thing is, um, you know, we just went through a midterm election mm. and everybody was all hands on deck trying to get the vote out. Not just, Monroe County is a stronghold for democratic mm -hmm. leaning minded type people, mm -hmm. but nationally, uh, getting out the vote, um, was the, was the branch active and registering people to vote and in what way? Yes. So we have a collab, we have a, um, a group of individuals who we actually collaborate with to get the vote out. Okay. So it was the League of Women Voters, National Organization of Women, NAACP, um, the uh, two sororities, the uh, AKAs, mm -hmm. and the Delta. Yeah. Um, we all collaborated to get the word out, and also in partnership with uh, IU NAACP, with the IU student government, with a ton of organizations we collaborated to get the to, to get second the baptist church and second baptist church yeah. it was a lot of organizations that were a part of that and the leading organization of that was now through natalia and her leadership she's the president of national organization of women and she's also a member of the naacp but through her leadership and her um 
and in that organization, we were able to collaborate. And so that's what I really love is this um, collaboration. So yes, to your answer, yes, in a, in a collaboration with several organizations to get the word out to vote. So that's something that I'm sure we'll continue to do. Our thanks to the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, of course, here in Monroe County, the, this branch, President McQueeba Reese. She has joined us this evening to discuss her vision and passion for the Monroe County branch of the NAACP. And I would be remiss if I did not say that we'd like to invite you back to help <laughs> co-host the future edition of Bring oh, It On, yeah. which you have done in the past. Mm -hmm. So I just want to throw that out to you too. As far as <laughs> On the uh, spot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> your, your, your many talents. Um, now to, to communicate with and to join the NAACP, she gave us a website and an email address. The website is www sites s-i-t-e-s dot google dot com forward slash site forward slash m-c-b-n-a-a-c-p forward slash All and right. then also that email address is m-c-b-n-a-a-c-p at gmail dot com all righty bring it on has an open submission policy so if you have an idea for this program let's hear it send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure we share everything and anything affecting the African-American community within our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address, once again, is bringiton at wfhb.org. Bringing On's executive producer is yours truly, Clarence Boone. Our assistant producer is Liz Mitchell. Show consultant, WFHB News Department director is Kate Young. Program engineer is Chantal Fontant. Original theme music was created by Jamil FM with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I'm Clarence Boone. And I'm Liz Mitchell. Be sure to tune in next Monday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Bring It On, right here on your community radio station, WFHB. And Happy New Year, everyone. You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.